Hi, I'm Emily. Welcome to the Doodle Me Show, where I chat with awesome creative entrepreneurs every week. Hi, so today I'm talking to Therese Ordenblad from the Small Business Collaborative. Therese knows all about wholesale and helps other businesses with their wholesale journey. So I really wanted to invite Therese here to talk all about wholesale and maybe get some help for your small business. So welcome to the show, Therese. Thank you so much for having me. This is like unusual for me because we've done this before, but not in a while. And like, yeah, it's like tables are turned. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm on the other side. I'm now interviewing you rather than you me. So yeah. yeah, it's really, really funny, but really lovely to have you here. Um, so anyway, for those who don't know you, um, can you introduce yourself and your business? Yeah, of course. Uh, so as Emily said, my business is called Small Business Collaborative. I set it up about three and a half years ago after spending over a decade in sales in the home and gift industry, selling to both small and big retailers and running um, a sales team. And uh, now I get to have work with all these uh, small, wonderful, more value-led, more creative businesses. And I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. And I've also worked with you and I am part of your Facebook group and I've learned quite a lot from you as well. So how's been like your journey so far from, you know, running your own businesses and getting to work with so many lovely creative businesses? I think what surprised me most when I started my business is like how much your mind, you know, is constantly thinking about your business. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a twenty-four seven. So, like, I do have more freedom in my schedule, and you know, but I really had to train myself to not work all the time and to switch off because it's really hard in the beginning to switch your brain off. And I think as I kind of done this for a while longer now. I do see that, you know, even with my one-to-one clients, like sometimes it's just about scheduling. Like the other day in a call, we basically made like a, you know, a schedule kind of school style schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Between nine and ten, you do this. But because it's really hard to switch off sometimes otherwise or not feel guilty. You know, it's easy to feel guilty if you sit and you're creative you know say say you love drawing and you that used to be a hobby of yours and then you start doing that as a business then you kind of feel guilty when you have to have design time or you crave it when you don't have time it's a tricky balance yeah it's definitely I think that's like all the small businesses I think feel like that and even me after all these years I'm still like trying to find a balance and it has really helped moving from my home because Mm -hmm. now I go to my office to work and then I kind of switch off a little bit more obviously you're always like having your ideas and everything whatever you're doing but yeah it's a little nicer now that is separate I think I think Mm -hmm. that you yeah you can I mean, you get, some people get to that level where they need that, but some people don't. And yeah, talking about wholesaling, because wholesale is not for everyone. I guess that it's 
really good addition for your business, but also some people might want to concentrate on it more than say business to consumer. Like me at the beginning, I thought I just wanted to sell to consumers, but then people started to ask me and then I did a trade show and then I thought it was a really good addition to my Mm. business. And now I am stocked in a few places in America, small independent shops. And yeah, and I really love it. So I like having both both sides of the business. How can we get people starting to think about wholesale when they're not sure or I I think you touched on like a really important point that it's not for everyone you don't have to wholesale and another good thing I think is you know one doesn't exclude the other so if you want to sell direct to consumer and business business that's absolutely fine they can complement each other really well it just gives you, you know, one, it gives you more sales and two, it gives you more eyes on your brand. So it's great for marketing too, right? But yeah. I do think it needs to be something that you, A, want to do and two, can afford to do. Yeah. So let's tell the the audience a little bit more about what is wholesale. So it is basically selling in a bulk in bulk at a lower price yeah to a business to business buyer if you will that could obviously most traditionally that is to another a, a brick and mortar shop or an online shop that will then resell it to the end consumer but it can also be to a hotel or to a restaurant or you know something alternative like that as well it, so yeah it's just selling bulk to at a lower price and bulk doesn't have to mean thousands I think it's really important to point out because I think a lot of people feel that they're not ready for it because they assume the worst if you will yeah 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 yeah. or you feel like it's a, a massive amount and that you won't be able to cope yeah yeah that's true and uh yeah I love the alternatives because yeah generally we think it's an other shops, but there's lots of ways, like you said, to wholesale. Like I had estate agents recently buy mm-hmm. a few prints. And also, so I gave them obviously my wholesale price because they were buying quite a few, but not many. I mean, not huge amounts, but it was enough for me to be able to do that. And they might come back, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of didn't have that in mind. Like, um finding alternative ways to wholesale my prints for example yeah um, like they're perfect for like hotels or b&b's or you know be- tiki kind of cool places that people can stay maybe yeah and then also when i got approached by the circle mm-hmm. uh, the tv show they also asked me for a better price so what I did I did like 35% off which wasn't quite wholesale but yeah but then that leads me nicely to like explaining what's the actual price for wholesale that people should have in oh, mind oh yeah yeah well first of all the circle that was kind of cool I think to be on yeah. tv though that it was wasn't the first good. time on tv though was it no that was the second time <laughs> the first time was the two fixers yeah but they, yeah, the first time uh, the two fixes was six prints. And then that was amazing. That was like a pinch me moment. And mm. then the second time was hysterical and they got 13. So I was like, 
uh, switching on the TV to see where I could take the screenshot of the prints. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, that's good. so funny. Well, with wholesale, I think it is a bit of a shock when you first start looking into it, how much margin you have to give up. Because no matter how you put it, it does sound like a lot when you first start. Like, did yeah. it surprise you? Yeah, well, sometimes I feel like, oh, my God, yeah, like you're slashing almost half or more than half. Yeah, that's why I think at the beginning I didn't want to go wholesale. But then if you adjust your prices and margins, I guess you can see it as a good add-on. It's like selling, you know, many to one person instead of constantly having to get many customers to buy, you know. Like what would you rather... It's nice to have that balance of having, you know, okay single orders maybe of like products to direct consumers and then also getting an order where you're packing up 20 or 30 of the same thing or similar things you know and an order worth 300 pounds versus 20 pounds <laughs> yeah exactly and also like when you I, th- I guess when you start wholesale and then you start having that consideration in mind when you order things so for example when I've done my and enamel pins mm. i i order more quantities because i knew i could wholesale so instead of buying say 50 i ordered uh, 150 of each and then yeah. i knew i could get the, the the price for wholesale and so you you start adjusting your brain into the idea that it's also going to be wholesale and yeah, yeah, you get better pl- uh, prices with your supplier. You get access to more suppliers. You know, some suppliers will only deal with a slightly higher quantity. So I think it can have a lot of positives for your business. But yeah, you are going to give it giveaway. Maybe we should give an example. So say something retails at yeah. £10. People are going to want to pay between 4 and, you know, four 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 pounds to four pounds 16 ideally if it is a product subject to VAT and you're selling it in the UK but yeah so it might sound like a lot but uh, of course you times that by maybe six of the same thing so yeah yeah exactly so you and also it's really good for getting your name out there Mm-hmm. you know people can find you through other places like it's not always you know you have to do the work so I've been tagged on Instagram through someone buying a print on a shop so it's really nice to to discover that people has, have discovered me through another place yeah, so yeah it's like I haven't I haven't actually wholesale for a huge shop so all of yeah. my wholesales have been for independent shop you know I haven't really delved into a massive stage on Lewis or something like that but yeah I mean I do think that they are quite different to each other like you know the small shops are so much easier to deal with yeah exactly you Super know we quality. all dream of these big stockists but that they're not always all that <laughs> you know yeah that's true and also sometimes smaller businesses accept a bit more a bit less margin I think yeah they're a bit more flexible sometimes yeah like if you want to go half rather than yeah yeah so what are the mistakes that you see people making when they're wholesaling 
to not review their retail prices when they and you know costs and get very clear on it before they start to wholesale i think is the most common thing uh really so they come to you like oh my god this is not working for me i've had several people you know no judgment at all because it's so easy to get carried away and you get so excited but i've had people that has to pull out from you know fairly big retailers like major retailers because they're selling um, you know more or less a loss for example because they got very excited and felt so like oh they want me that they just gave their stuff away which I completely get (laughs) but but I think it's also the, the biggest mistake I would say is to not get very clear on your prices first And to undervalue yourself, you know, to compare your prices to someone that mass produced in the Far East or that is not, you know, sustainable, for example, or handmade or whatever it might be. Yeah, that is so true. So, like, for example, with my mirrors, they kind of took off in wholesale. I think people really like them in America. Mm -hmm. And they have a bit of a tight margin so I had to put my prices up to be able to wholesale them yeah it's so common yeah because I was like oh no I can't possibly sell them at that price but then I was like there's no way I can wholesale if I don't so yeah and then yeah so I've learned a bit on the hard way What (laughs) what happened when you put your prices up I think nobody complained <laughs> see like we think people care more than we care like they don't even notice most of the time because like quite honestly they they don't pay as much attention as we do yes exactly I think yeah we totally feel every everything in our business so yeah no I I think I slowly increased them until it could it could work and then yeah I felt and no one said anything sorry no 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 one said anything and you make more money now yeah yeah nice yeah it's good because they're still hand finished and you know cut in England and everything else so they I can't possibly make them make them super cheap for hotels so they're a little special yeah yeah we've just put so much of our own money mindset into the pricing and we all of a sudden feel like we're like we can't possibly do that because we want to we're ripping our customers off but when we're really not <laughs> you know like I don't think I ever dealt with a small business that went like I'm just going to charge this much just because I can it's is always a considered decision yes totally and can we give some tip for people that want to maybe approach other stores and are feeling a bit intimidated by the whole thing how would you say people can start the wholesale journey I, yeah I think they should start like you started you know with smaller independent retailers because they have more flexibility they're a bit less scary I do think that it is good to start selling or targeting to small retailers of course if a big one comes knocking on the door then you know, deal with it when it happens. That's brilliant. Yeah. But, you know, if you have the choice, there's nothing wrong with starting small or even starting local, you know, just to build oh, your yes. confidence yeah. and, you know, get used to talking to retailers and get used to, 
I mean, they all ask the same questions, to be quite honest. You know, what's your minimum order? What's your carriage paid? What's your carriage? What's your lead time? What's your pack size? What's your payment terms? And where is it made and how it's made? What's your best sellers? You know, they, they all ask the same thing. But if you start small, you get a chance to get used to answering those questions. Yeah, so it's quite helpful to have a little, to put it, to write it all down and then have like a little document saying, these are my terms and it doesn't have to be complicated. Just like, so that you have them there to send rather than having to improvise. So it's really good to have all of that. I think have a line sheet or have a catalogue. Um, when you want to start you know before you start contacting people makes it so much easier because then all the information is there for them and then now the most common way is to email people yeah but don't email them and say do you want to see my catalog because no one has the time for that so you know if you email them you need to include all the information that they might need to buy from you yeah, yeah. I was listening somewhere else. Someone mentioned, or was it you? Someone mentioned that um, some people send an email saying, oh, hi, would you like to stock my products? And then they don't yeah. send any pictures. No, any oh, they have a Gmail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you, and they, <laughs> yeah uh, well, or they don't even find the name of the person. Because when people contact me and they go, oh, hey, and they don't even bother to see my name, which is everywhere. It's on yeah. my website and it's on my Instagram and everywhere. I, I feel like, you know, they haven't actually like properly researched and then you already get a bit annoyed that people are yeah. contacting you without. So I always think about that when I'm contacting someone. I always and we try all and find get those emails, don't we? Yeah, such general emails. So like, hey team or something like that. And then... Oh, uh- the worst one is where they like say hey and then put your Instagram handle. Oh, it's yeah. so weird. I've had that. I've had that. It is so weird to me that you know, I just think that's like a robot or you know, like a some sort yeah, of program. Or like a, or like a mass email or something. Yeah. Like. No, yeah, I definitely like at the very beginning of my business. I also heard that and I was always like, oh my God, I really have to keep this in mind because you don't actually realize that when you're on the other side, then it's really annoying and very impersonal. And I think, yeah, you have to be quite into that store, maybe like find out if they sell similar things. Yeah, exactly. Don't contact like random people, like really make sure that you can picture your stuff in that store. Exactly, exactly that. And listening to your podcast and your YouTube videos, I listened to a series of chikisibre.com. And yes. it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun because you, t- you t- take us through the journey that you had with her. Yeah. Uh, she's also quite funny. So She's um, hilarious. <laughs> I know. So I was like, see, I always admire people that have like hard business because you have to um, obviously sell a lot to make yeah. margins as well. 
So, um, so yeah, so I love that series and I just want, I wanted to know if you can talk to us a little bit about that and what you did with her because it was yeah. really good. Yeah. No, we just thought, so we actually recorded a podcast like the season before or something and, you know, we had mutual friends and then we chatted quite a bit and then Sasha, we sort of had this idea back then that, you know, because she lost loads of money, not lost, but broke even, or she she might have kind of lost a little bit when she went into a fairly big retailer when she first started out. Right. Uh, and that pretty much scared her off wholesale. And she thought like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> and yeah. then she ran, a, you know, her business grew a lot through Facebook ads yeah, and, you know this is not secret. This is all in the podcast, by the way. So you're not okay. giving away anything <laughs> public. Yeah, and then like half. Um, I think it was like if it was Valentine's or Mother's Day or Father's Day last year, sales basically the Facebook ads just tanked. Oh my god, they tanked for me too. So yeah, yeah. and like yeah. you know normally she would like she basically took most of her money first half of the year from valentine's mother's day and father's day i would say yeah yeah and then she thought i have to do something else so we kind of worked on her wholesale you know she if you do cards like there's a few different strategies but hers is definitely that she wants to have a card for every single occasion that might be so you know whether you talk to call your mom ma mom mother you know whatever mommy she will have a card for you um but obviously for wholesale you have to narrow it down a little bit perhaps otherwise you can't you know she has probably 1500 designs oh my god that's insane and then you have to update the catalog all the time which is like oh yeah well we kind of went with core collections that is her you know what categories shops would actually stock what's the most common and of course they can buy things that they see on the website but we narrowed it down a bit we worked her pricing was fine already so we just worked a little bit on her terms and then you know put a sales funnel in place and stuff whether she has kept it up or not i don't know <laughs> i don't uh, think it, because then she kind of went viral on tiktok oh yeah so I I mean, that is amazing i've been yeah um, i've been watching as well because i you know i'm trying tiktok now yeah so, well we all <laughs> yeah we all are <laughs> totally integrating from instagram to tiktok yeah <laughs> I kind of wish I had done it in the lockdown, though, because that's like when it went crazy. Yeah, but I just didn't get TikTok back then. <laughs> no, me neither. But I'm, I'm loving it now. But, you know, she kind of, I think, has found other ways to drive traffic, too. I, I'm sure she still does a bit, but I don't think she's kept on top of her sales funnel the way we had planned. But the, then again, if you're selling, it's fine because it's yeah. all about you know prioritizing right yeah um but we kind of documented it because one because I felt like it gave a good insight to what it's like working with me she kept saying like that I told her off a lot (laughs) like I tell people off in a nice way I think I hope and but she would like make it like really like in her head it doesn't 
she makes she so funny yeah you will have i can't even say those things that she says <laughs> yeah 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 no i um, listened to it and i was just smiling throughout the thing yeah. <laughs> but it was it, just it, fun to document it you know like you know it's not all like linear you know it's like adapting it like she kept getting stuck at like step two or three of her sales funnel so we had to tweak it because yeah. she was uncomfortable with it and you know it's so easy to be busy doing other things and focus on things that are more comfortable than you're selling if there's there are kind of clear bottlenecks where yeah. you're so uncomfortable you're not going to do it you know i think picking up the phone can be a great way if to follow up for example but oh, if you I know i would hate that yeah hate if that. you know you would not do it then i'd rather you you know we come up with an alternative because like Otherwise, you're going to do nothing. You're going to find everything and anything to do instead of phoning people. You're going to tell me you had to do laundry. You had to like yeah. repaint your kitchen or, you know, make a hundred new designs or whatever yeah. uh, to to not have to do that. So if that's the case, I think, you know, you have to take it to step back and say, okay, well, what is going to work? And I think that's kind of like you know with the whole podcast I think there was a lot of challenges like we went to Brighton and she actually called call on shops and stuff and it was just fun to document it no share what happens you know the thought process and stuff yeah no I think everyone should listen to that series because yeah it's really great to see how you guys work together and also like how she was making the the progress and stuff and like Mm. how it, it did sound like you were making her do things, which was, yes. <laughs> which yeah. is sometimes what, what like everyone needs because when we work on our own, uh, you know, we're constantly like battling with ourselves on what yeah. to do. And like, if you have like a homework, say that you have to do something by a certain time, you do it. But if you don't, that's why like when I'm, how I work is a bit like, because I used to be a graphic designer. So yeah. we used to get deadlines and the deadlines yeah. were always like, you know, small amounts of times. And then you have to think quickly and decide quickly. So when I do a launch or, or when I want to get something done, I announce it first. And then I say to all my followers or everyone, okay, I'm launching this on Friday. So then yeah. I put my own <laughs> deadline and yeah. then I'm like, I can't possibly let them down. So I actually do it. But when there's many things that I wish, you know, I had someone telling me, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially like calling shops or contacting shops. So a bit of PR as well. I tend to. Yeah, PR is the same. Because pitching. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this leads me also into mindset. And I know you've worked with mindset as well and like getting people to think differently about sales and approaching shops and things. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I mean, like the hardest truth, I think, and the hardest pill to swallow is that, you know, if, if we're not selling, and actually Sasha is a good example of that, you know, if we're not selling and I'm actively taking a selling approach to our businesses, we don't have a business. We just have a very expensive time-consuming hobby, right? Yeah. No one can live, well, there are obviously people that don't have to make money in their businesses, but most of us are doing it because we need to make money and support ourselves, right? Yeah. So, 
we have to have sales otherwise we can't do all the fun lovely things that we want to do so that's one thing so however you can get yourself around that the fact that you have to sell yeah you know we that is so important and like it's going to pay back immensely you know when I started my business, my fallback plan was always, well, I can always get a sales role somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, um, so so you have to sell. And I always say to people that, you know, you should do something every single day to drive sales, whether it is wholesale or direct to consumer sales. Yeah. Work day, every single work day. But um, to reframe that in your mind, I think you have to kind of realize that, selling is not a bad thing we all I mean how do you feel about um ads on Instagram for example I have done some no I said like, like when you see other companies do uh, them. No, when I, well when I see something that I really like then you I like it like, right see, yeah I like seeing it and I don't yeah. feel like anyone is pushing me to it it's just exactly. that it's basically like a little yeah like a little showcase that you're like oh actually I really like this it, because generally they show you things that similar to the things that you like. Yeah. So, yeah. so when yeah, when I'm receiving it, I don't really mind it at all, and I actually go and check out the brand. And <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> so we like being sold to. We're not like closed down to being sold to. We just have to do it in a way that resonates with our customers, right? Exactly. Like, and you know, you're not forcing anyone like we have to get away from this stereotype of a salesperson I think that we have this twisted idea of what a salesperson is from I don't know films and movies or whatever and you know kind of tricking people into buying your products but we're not in the business of tricking people into doing anything that they don't want to but whenever you know they want to buy that gift or they want to treat themselves we need to be the business that they keep in mind that is so true and also yeah I think I at the beginning of my business because I was designing my own things I was very attached emotionally to what people thought and obviously you kind of want people to like it and also you feel a little bit strange about selling and I did have that and I think I I kind of came over it and I see it a bit separate in a way I mean obviously yeah. I still want people to like my things but yeah. I just I don't yeah I've totally changed my mindset too I'm like well if people love it they love it but also I have to talk about it otherwise nobody will see it yeah um, you have to back yourself and like you have to back yourself otherwise who's gonna back you <laughs> Yeah, and also like sometimes you design something really nice and you're so excited to show it to people. And I think that excitement also can come across like, you know, you're generally excited about a new product that you've made. So therefore there has to be people that are also excited to see it and want to have it. (laughs) For sure. I get excited when people are excited about new products. Like, I, you know, I think it's human. Like we, we want to connect with people. The, the benefit of Instagram, I know we talked a little bit about like, you know, how it can be a little bit negative sometimes. Yeah. You know, but the benefit is that you get to see behind the scenes and get to know the person that designed it and stuff. Like it's a real privilege to to be able to get behind the scenes like that, I think. 
And it's amazing that it's free for us to share that, you know, we can yeah. to our, you know, to sell stuff. But I think reframing selling in your mind that it's not actually something you do to people. It's something you do for them. You are showing them options. Maybe they happen to be looking for a Mother's Day gift that day or, you know, um, or a fr- gift for friends. And if you contact a retail buyer, you know, it's their job. They actually, whether they're, they're shop owners or they are working for an organization, it's still their job to find new products. Without new products, they don't have a new a, a business because people will stop going to that shop. Yeah. So yeah. really you're saving them time by being in their inbox instead of them having to go and find you somewhere. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes as makers and designers and business owners, we think everyone knows absolutely everything about our businesses. But recently I had a someone got a few things through Creo8, which is one of the wholesale platforms where I am. And I haven't updated it for ages. Mm. And she ordered a few things and then... I realized I didn't have a few things. So I said, do you want to have some substitutes? And then I sent her like my new line sheet because I had lots mm. of things that I hadn't put in there. And then she did like a double order because she ordered from my new things that I didn't have in there. And obviously how was she supposed to know that I had them if she didn't, Yeah, you know, if I hadn't shown her. So I, um, I quickly grabbed my line sheet, sent it to her and said, these are all our new things that are not in create yet. Uh, in case you wanna, you know, wanted to see, and yeah, she ordered, and it was really nice. And yeah, and you helped her. Like, yeah, like that, I would probably not have done before, but now I'm a bit more confident in not caring and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. just saying to people, yeah, this is what I've got, and, and like because it's so hard to keep up with everything as well. It's also not not caring; it's actually caring more, but changing how you care exactly yeah exactly that <laughs> so and yeah and talking about wholesale platforms shall we tell the audience a little bit about ho- what wholesale platforms are and maybe yeah you your opinion on them and well they have been around for a lot of years but they really came into their own over the cu- last couple of years I mean, like lots of people have tried to create them in the past, but they haven't never really taken off, but they have now. It's basically like a marketplace, but for shop owner, shop buyers. Yeah. So, you know, like, like not on the high street, I suppose, or Etsy or anything like brands list their products on there, but you have, it's all protected by like a login thing and people that are retail buyers can log in and buy and place orders there. And then the platforms, generally most of them work on the way where they take a commission off that order they took for you. Yeah. And yeah, I think it could be. I think I'm very positive to them, but I'm also, I don't want people to think that they are like, I don't know, the golden unicorn and the yeah. answer to all your problems when it comes to sales. Because one, if you haven't done your pricing properly, so you know you're making money still with that commission, it's no point of having those extra customers. And two, I think that it doesn't necessarily always encourage loyalty. So traditionally, you know, you would get a stockist and they would continue to buy from you as long as you continue to sell. Yeah. You put out new products every now and then. But now there's so much product so easily accessible that we have to work 
much harder on building that relationship with those buyers that buy through the platforms. And I think yeah. we also need to be targeting the buyers that we want, not just the ones that happen to come up in the algorithm in a online marketplace. So I think there's a few things to them, but overall I'm really, really positive to them as long as, yeah. you know, you don't have to be on all of them and get overwhelmed and you don't you use them as you would use any tool. You wouldn't go on every marketplace for your direct co- to consumer sales, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Think what has been your experience? I think so far it's been good that I, I joined one because I was approached and at the beginning I wasn't very sure. I think that was before the lockdown. So I had, to, I think I was part of two before the lockdown, and then the lockdown happened, and then I, feel I joined. Like you were one. quite early on Creo Eight when they were quite yes, small. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Creo yeah. Eight was like my first one, and when I think when I joined them, I wasn't quite sure, but they were really, you know, really friendly, explained everything really well, and I think, I think, like you said, it's a really nice extra thing to have because people find you, you don't have to do any work. So I guess you are paying that commission, but then that commission is basically, say, if you had to have a salesperson calling all these shops, then you don't have, you know, you just, people come to you. And, you know, I can't say that I'm the most proactive person (laughs) (laughs) selling uh, to shops or stores. So for me, it works really well when I get like a little sale on Anko store or Mm. um, fair. And through fair, I've, had lots to America, which is quite nice because it opens yeah. a whole, you know, market. And I've had a few reorders. I think it's a really nice, nice to be be part of those as well as do your own and have your own yeah. direct source. But, yeah, yeah I think so too. But yeah, imagine if you were proactive and made like the platforms part of your sales funnel, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just because of the commission. Well, I guess if you, if you, if you bring, if someone, you target people, you, you don't pay commission, so yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, and they like, get it. A lot of people that I know, you know, like some people I work with, they have managed to go from, you know, I don't know, ten orders a month to fifty orders a month because they use, you know, the platforms by driving traffic to the platforms. And then oh, still building amazing. a relationship with the buyers. So, you know, I think that you can use them as any tool. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I have heard of that. But I, I, ha, I, well, my, so sometimes I feel like, well, they won't be on my list and they will be on their list on the platforms. But list. they're still going to be on your list if you target them. If you find them, you contact them, they don't buy when you send them the line sheet and then you say well by the way if you sign up and use my link on fair you get 300 pound credit or whatever they're offering oh, right yeah, now yeah, yeah that's a good yeah you know then you can see if they're registered and when they expire so you have lots of reasons to contact them and then you um you know you can still continue to build a relationship with that buyer you know you can still You were talking to them before, right? So, like, you can still DM and email them because you've already done that. You can ask them to sign up to your wholesale newsletter and 
keep them updated with new products outside of the platform because you brought them onto the platform. Yeah, I don't think there's any rule again, like you know, you that says that you know, if you bring a buyer onto a platform, you're not allowed to contact them ever again. I mean, I would never go for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's a definitely it's it's a really good way of seeing it, and 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 because they give a better these platforms can give a better deal to the buyers in the sense yeah. that you can pay 30 days, 60 days, that sometimes small business can offer. So yeah, I think uh, they get free shipping for a long, like a year or something when they first start sign up to. So like they get a lot. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, so I need to apply that a bit more. <laughs> and, also, <laughs> and also apply myself to approaching other stores. Add that to your long to-do list. <laughs> exactly. No, it's really it's really lovely to talk about it and get refreshed by all of these things, all of your tips. And uh, talk to us about your Instagram because I love how much fun you have with it and how... You're so good at like selling your services in on Instagram and doing the reels and having fun with it and doing live something. I think TikTok has really made me have more fun with it. <laughs> I don't know. I because like I was so like not against TikTok because I actually have been a consumer of TikTok for a long time. Yeah. But I was just feeling like no, that is fun for me. I don't want to not like. I don't want to make that work. But then, like you know, everyone jumping ship. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to do it now. And yeah. actually, like, if you have fun with it, it's okay. And then, so what I do now is I record batch record all these TikToks. Yeah. And then the ones that are under a minute, I use like a website to remove like the watermark, and then I upload them to reels so I don't have to create like because my audience at Instagram is so much bigger than on TikTok and they're quite different sometimes too and you know you don't see every what every post someone does so I reuse them on reels and then like I also decided that I feel like people have really been craving like connecting with people so I've done these little DM clinics so people have been able to ask me questions and then I turn those questions into like what I post about so it's not just based on me making up questions or topics to talk about but actually what people come to me to say and that has like given me such motivation you know because then I've been DMing with people and they told me how they feel like my latest thing is you know with sales being slow and everyone being a little bit negative and I don't think it's helping yeah but you know that has really come from people and my DMs rather than me just sitting here, you know, making things up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that I, I changed, I guess I changed how I create that content a bit because now I decided like it's much better if I base what I talk about when I can on what people are actually caring about at the moment but of course yeah. like that's also because I guess I have the benefit now that people actually know about like some people know about me so they are asking me those questions yeah so but so I didn't I wasn't able to do that in the beginning and of course if I'm launching something I'm still going to have to do 
you know the regular posts but yeah. I've really been enjoying creating content that way so if someone asks me a question I turn it into posts or if I have like a one-to-one call with someone and something in particular comes up I make that into a post because if someone comes you know says it then someone else is probably going to need to hear it too and that has really helped me, I think, to yeah. have more fun with creating content because it feels like I'm actually speaking to that person that asked that question instead of putting it out there hoping that someone will see it. Yeah, that's true. And when you do the Q&As, are they uh, live or are they like... Yeah. Well, the one that I've liked the most, I, I tried several times to remember to do like, you know, go on stories, post a question sticker and then come back the next day. But like, it doesn't really work for me. I really love when, like Studio Cotton, Amy does a really good one on Thursdays usually. Right. I, I really felt like I always love hers, but I just can't stick to it. So now instead I tried where I do this thing where I post on my grid and I say for the next hour you can DM me a question and I'll give you like, you know, a personalized answer. And that has given me so much stuff and like so many same questions, which means that people, you know, are caring about the same things. I can see that. So one, they get, you know, a tailored reply and actual advice. I think it's valuable for them. But it's also really valuable for me because then I know what people need to know more about. Yeah, no, that's totally So it goes both ways. So I think I'm going to try to do that once a month and base a lot of my content on that, I think. That's really good. Yeah, because you've, you've been growing really well on Instagram as well. I saw well, your nearly on <laughs> I know, but that doesn't even mean anything anymore. <laughs> like, well, I know, but it's always good to be growing rather like, than going down. <laughs> yeah, but I still think that, you know, because we started it, our Instagram when 10K was when you got the link thing. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it, as much as it's not about the numbers and it's about engagement and all that, like, I still think 10K will be a big goal. Yeah, and it, it it kind of cements the brand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm gonna be excited. I have planned out what I'm gonna do. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you have to do a big celebration. Yeah. Um, what What is like a top tip for our listeners for wholesale their wholesale journey? I think that you can start to wholesale like any at any point as soon as you can you know, produce products at a consistent quality, you're happy with your products, you know they meet all the legal requirements in the markets that you want to sell them to, as long as you can, it's not super handmade, so you can produce in a slightly bigger quantity. I think the key is just to get started. If you can start with any products, if you think you want to wholesale one day, if you can... I would make sure that you make it part of your pricing strategy for any new product development that you put in now so that you are ready when you do want to take that step if you're not feeling quite ready. And yeah, I think getting clear on your numbers and if you're not someone that feel comfortable with numbers, then ask a friend, ask a business buddy, take a course, like, you know, don't even say that but you know like you know I have even have like a really affordable 
like you know where you can just buy a pricing module with the um from like a course I did with Catherine from Silly Retail Club and you know it's only that well it's 37 pounds so it's an easy way to get more familiar with prices and more comfortable with it and then getting to know what people want and I think it's really really important with pricing like as you touched on of course it has a lot to do with your mindset but just the practicalities of it too like it's so important for every aspect on your business. If you're not priced right, you can actually be priced too cheap and people don't trust that you are doing all these amazing things in a sustainable way. And you can, you know, yeah, there is something to being priced right for your customer. Yeah, that's so true. And also, we didn't, we didn't talk about trade shows, but Ooh, trade shows yeah. is a big part <laughs> of wholesale. And I, I, I was going to ask you this earlier, and then we got sidetracked. <laughs> uh, any tips for trade shows? I guess find the right one for you. Yeah, um, I think it's good if you can go and visit one first, if that yeah. is a possibility for you, because they do cost a lot of money. I think that for a trade show to pay off you have to be able you probably do need to have you know enough product for because it's expensive right yes to be able to make your money back you're not going to maybe make it back on the day but you might after the follow-up for example make it back over the year um so I definitely think that um, going to visit it, see where you would fit in, how would you dress your stand, what would, what makes you stop in the aisle when you see a stand. Yeah. You know, why do you stop? Is it because they have really good lighting? Is it because they made it super clear from a distance what they do? Really consider that when you go and visit the show. And then I think it's super, super important to be ready at the show and yeah if anyone says to you that you don't need to have a printed catalog don't listen to them (laughs) (laughs) I think if you're paying two grand to be at a trade show you can spend 150 pounds on printing your catalog yeah that is true and um so do you think there is still like you know before they used to say you know you have to be at a trade show two or three times for big big shops or big stores to see you and see that you're a serious brand and that kind of thing or do you think things have changed a little bit now see I never really bought into that that much I think it's I don't know where that come from but I do think it comes from you know start people doing trade shows before they have gone through like an exercise of reviewing their pricing making sure that their range is retail ready that they're used to talking to buyers that they know what to, questions might come up so yeah. then like buyers at the day don't have the confidence to buy from them but I think yeah. that you can absolutely do a show and make orders at your first show from yeah. the beginning if you you know have prepared right I don't think anyone well I would never be able to afford to do a show for three years before I made any money off it that you know you're talking yeah. probably 10 grand in then by that stage yeah. that, that's just not feasible for anyone I think unless you you have you know pretty good backing somehow yeah. 
but um so i don't think that that's the case i think that certain categories it is a little bit more challenging so you know for fashion for example because often it's pre-order and they still work really old-fashioned with their seasons and stuff it can be a little bit trickier but if you're in the home and gift and anything selling into a gift store i would make sure that you know you have a target where you will make your money back within from the stockists and connections you make at the show yeah and also I guess maybe before it was only trade shows now you have the the platforms and you have other you know social media and so many things so it has changed a little bit I guess that too but I also think that you know people said that because there wasn't information so accessible. So you go to a trade show, have no idea what you're doing, probably not take any orders because you priced your products right and you actually the retailers wouldn't be able to buy from you because you gave them too little margin. And then they didn't have the confidence to buy from you. And then you didn't do any follow-up because you wouldn't. no one told you that you needed to do follow-up. Uh, you might not even have printed a catalogue with you. And then like you went again and you learned a couple of those things. And then like you picked up a few more tips and then you went a third time and actually now you know a little bit more about it and you started to get orders. But I think with information being so accessible, there's no reason why you shouldn't go to your first trade show and take orders. Yeah, that's true. And lastly, do you think that things have changed a lot after the lockdown, like the way people shop and stuff like that? And, you know, the general mood, I think. <laughs> for well, I don't know. I actually don't. I think it's almost gone back to before lockdown. You know, yeah. during lockdown, we were all bored. We couldn't go to the pub and spend our money. We couldn't go to the theatre and spend money or the cinema or whatever it might be. You know, it's sunny day like today when we're recording. Like if you're living and working in London, especially if you live and work in London or somewhere like nice, you know, where there's like a real kind of like outdoor thing, you'd be in the pub by now. (laughs) It's a Friday afternoon, right? And spending money. But during lockdown, we couldn't do that. So what did we do? We went online and bought stuff. Um, So I don't actually think that, you know, yes, the economy is a bit of a struggle right now and there's a lot of worrying stuff happening. But the truth is probably that most of us in this space are not selling to the people that are not, you know, like maybe shop struggling as much because we we all make products that people don't need. Yeah. We make products that people want. Yeah. So, you know, there will always be people that have the money to buy those things. Uh, even I started in this industry, like in the recession. Yeah. And, you know, the company I worked for back then, we grew a lot during the recession in 2008 because you know we continue to sell yeah and there's always going to be the people that yeah can can buy and people at the end of the day need things yeah, <laughs> that they, too. Need cars, they need things to make them happy I think but I think maybe it's changed a little bit like not so much online but more on the stores and more yeah like, maybe and uh, from like in lockdown but I don't and I do think that you know 
how much I do think people care a little bit more now where they buy from and stuff so there is obviously yeah. things that has changed but I think it's really important that we don't get stuck blaming the economy or blaming um Instagram <laughs> Instagram or you know all that like re- reduced consumer confidence because the pe- press is really not helping are they yeah uh, but 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 to actually think like not everyone is doing badly like we can't go into selling with the mindset that actually the our customers shouldn't be spending their money because they should be saving them we shouldn't put our own money mindset on top of our customers and if yeah. people in England are not buying, then maybe people in the US are buying because they are not having the same issues as we do. You know, there's always yeah. going to be people that buy. Yeah, that is so true. Also, like thinking outside the box, like um, I belong to a little pop-up shop in Rygate in my area and they decided to do like a fashion show to earn and sell tickets to the customers and mm. um, they got like 35 people it was a two three hour thing I, I modeled and some other girls modeled you know some clothes that some girls uh, sell there uh, we modeled a few bits of jewelry and there were drinks some people were really happy and then I think yeah we made what you can make sometimes in two days it's amazing yeah and they've never done it before and I you know some people weren't sure whether the tickets will sell they were only 10 pounds but still you know um Mm. when people buy tickets sometimes you know they make the effort to go and it was a sellout sellout. it was a really fun event people were really like into the whole thing and yeah and we made lots of sales so it's like a different kind of experience and it's really celebrating small business cool brands like celebrating your customers meeting them connecting with them I love all of those things basically yeah and and I think also another thing to do is like it's also not discounting local marketing like I think a lot of people because of internet now like discount their local marketing efforts but there's so much you can do locally you know to go into you know even if you don't sell to any local stores maybe you can ask in like a a cafe or something if you can do a pop-up there I don't know you know exactly there's so many things you can do you like you could easily have your prints like a little exhibition in a local coffee shop for example you know there's so many things that could happen if you think outside the box exactly get creative (laughs) (laughs) and then tell us about it because I'm nosy (laughs) yeah well it's been amazing and I think we've been chatting for like an hour and (laughs) carry on chatting but yeah so where can people find you and connect and yeah if you want to go through wholesale Teresa so many tips a really good newsletter so join her and yeah so tell us where people can find you well my website is smallbusinesscollaborative.co.uk and I like, you know, if you want starting out, like, the blog is probably a good place to start because there's yeah. like some things that I wrote in the beginning, even that is quite in depth. I got, I started, I blog sporadically now, but in the beginning, I did cover all the bit, important bits. So yeah. they're all there. And then I spend a lot of time on Instagram, even though 
you know, as we covered. And it's small underscore business underscore collaborative. And now I'm also on TikTok, which is small business collab, because they don't let you have enough character for my business name. <laughs> oh, God. And also... Your podcast is really good. Oh, yes. So, yeah, Therese talks to a lot of like store owners or small businesses. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, tips and examples as well. In yeah. Podcast. And it's called Let's Talk Shop. And that's available on, you know, all the normal podcast places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of that. Exactly. Um, Oh, well, thanks so much for coming to the show. And I will write all of that under, in the, on the show notes as well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice to chat. Yeah, as always. And I hope you enjoyed the sun today. Are you doing anything? No, just taking the dog out. <laughs> Are you doing anything? Um, I might meet my husband and kids for the dog walk as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Take care, Therese. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that's all for today. And I hope you love the show. To connect with me, you can find me at Instagram at doodle underscore moo. Or my website is doodlemoo.com. And you can always suggest someone that I can talk to or let me know any questions. I can always do a solo episode sometime. Thank you for listening and bye.